This is Sharon Levitt of the Tyndale Momentum Book Team at Tyndale House Publishers. I'm talking today with Jennifer Dukes-Lee about her new book, The Happiness Dare. Jennifer is the author of Love Idol. She is a popular blogger and speaker and a regular contributor to the online magazine Encourage. Welcome, my friend Jennifer. Oh, thank you, Sharon. I'm so excited to talk to you about this book and about the topic of happiness. Makes me happy. (laughs) Well, I'm so happy, and I mean really happy, because I get to spend time with you today. And the reason why that makes me so happy is because I'm a relater and a giver, which I didn't know before reading your book, by the way. And getting to talk to a person that I really like, I learned, increases my personal happiness. (laughs) So, thank you. So much. I'm excited to talk about it, and I'm a doer, so um, primarily, and we can talk about those books later. So, this it, it 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 gives me great happiness to get to talk about this because it's something that I get across off my to-do list. It's so fun! <laughs> I get, I'm so happy doing this. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so it's so enlightening. So yeah, let's go ahead and and talk okay. about it. And you know there. Are, several things about your book that make it unique and I really only want to whet our listeners appetite for more so they can experience the whole gift when they read The Happiness Dear themselves. So uh, let's get started. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us why you decided to write The Happiness Dear? Yeah, uh, I'd love to tell you about that. I I want to tell you first of all that um, for most of my life, ever since I've been a little girl, I have considered myself a very happy person. Mm. Um, science, scientists will say that we have what are called set points of happiness inside of us, and I would guess that mine is probably set pretty high, and I've mm. always tended to see the glass as half full, but a very optimistic person. But then in middle adulthood, I think, I don't know the exact time, but I just felt like I was sort of falling into um, – what I call like a blandness, and mm. it wasn't for any particular reason. Um, I just wondered, you know, is this a midlife crisis? Mm. I didn't think that I was necessarily depressed. I knew what that felt like because I had suffered um, postpartum depression with our second after our second daughter was born. So I didn't think it was depression, but I knew I wasn't what I would have described as being overly happy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, then, you know, I looked around at my life and I thought, wow, Jennifer, how can you not be happy? I mean, look at your life. You have so many blessings in your life. Mm-hmm. Yet here I was, I was awake a lot at night with anxiety, you know, thinking about the future, what was going to happen tomorrow, and things that maybe I'd regretted about that had happened the day previous. Mm-hmm. And I, I started to get this sense that over time I had lost the fullness of my happiness. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Sometimes during those times of of blandness, my comfort came, oddly enough, in believing that God just didn't even really care about my happiness anyway, Hmm. that he only cared about my holiness. And so I figured, hey, I'm gloomy, but at least I'm good with God. (laughs) So my search of holiness and my attempts to want to, you know, grow closer to the Lord became an excuse to stop seeking happiness. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it just seems so crazy to when I say it now, now that I know what I know about happiness. But uh, one day I, I just got up the nerve to flat out ask God for happiness, and I literally prayed, I want to be happy. And um, for a second I thought to myself, you did not just ask God for happiness, did you? What on earth are you thinking? 
But I just mm-hmm. kept on praying. I just felt this boldness in my spirit, and I was like, God, do you even care about our happiness? Is it okay for a woman who loves Jesus to desire happiness? Should I only want joy? And how do I ask for happiness? Do I dare ask for happiness when I have a thousand reasons to be happy already? And so the answer to all those questions came to me in a flood of a beautiful memory, and it was a moment when I was probably the happiest in all my life, and it was after a spiritual revival that I had attended. It was a three-day a retreat. My faith was so incredibly renewed, and I had seriously never felt so much happiness. Mm. I didn't, wasn't trying to be happy. I just was, and um, it wasn't happiness that was like a Bible camp effect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was very steady for several years, and it was directly, you know, just tied to to the happiness and joy of, of Jesus Christ. And in that memory, with the gift of that memory, God was reminding me that my happiness my happiest time of life was tied directly to my holiness. Mm. It was something apart from being holy. It was a part of holiness and during this time of great revival in my life. And so I felt at that point like God saying, I dare you. Mm. I dare you to explore happiness and I dare you to chase it. And so it started like this dare from God and and I began to explore happiness in the Bible, and and then all of what I found became this book, The Happiness Dare. Oh, that is great. And, you know, so much of what you're saying reminds me of some things that I've been learning about um, how our memories, and you get a little bit into this, the book a little bit about uh, recounting those memories and the brain science and all of that, uh, which people will have to read the book <laughs> to get that wonderful part that has been affirmed by so many places. It's everywhere you go, these remembering, remembering, you know, and and the pleasant memories of gratitude and happiness and how they really do help. But, you know, I just wonder, it seems to me, and i just like you to comment on this, do you think happiness has kind of gotten a bad rap, you know, with Christian circles? Because I really related when you said the, oh, I mean, I can I can remember so many preachers saying, God is not concerned about your happiness. He is concerned about your holiness. So no wonder that you questioned that, that that yeah, question right. came up in I your mean, brain. I even, when I was writing the book, I, I was on Pinterest, and I, I had pinned something that said that just a few years ago, that God doesn't care about your happiness. He cares about your holiness. And I think that, you know, happiness has, I know that happiness has definitely gotten a bad rap somewhere along the line. Uh, we've equated joy with goodness, that joy is good, but happiness is bad. It's mm-hmm. like happiness is the evil cousin yeah. of joy. And I know, I know. It's pervasive. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, I, I'm thinking that you probably have seen, it was, it was a viral video of this mother um, who puts on this Chewbacca mask. Yeah. Chewbacca yes. Mask, right? Mm-hmm to laugh and um, in the video it's like a four minute video and I'm sure that a lot of the listeners have seen this video if you haven't seen it go google mm-hmm. Chewbacca mom and you will you can just thank me later but anyway yeah. I posted that on my blog and I made a remark about this woman's just deep happiness and someone in the comments said to me well don't you think that this has more to do with her joy in Jesus because it's such a mouth she was a Christian don't you think this is really about joy and mm-hmm. that happiness Mm -hmm. she had used the word joy not happiness in that four minute video Mm -hmm. and i i got to thinking this this is it this is Mm -hmm. a very common question because somehow over the last 100 years the church has tried to make some kind of 
division. Like there's this clear division between joy and happiness, and we've become sort of scared of the word happiness, probably because we've seen a lot of really awful things that have been done in the name of happiness. Uh-huh. The right. thing is, you know, happiness and joy aren't the same, but they aren't opposite. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone could look at the Chewbacca mom and say with a straight face, well, she's joyful, all right, but she's definitely not happy. <laughs> <laughs> right. It would be absurd. And so I think that if someone says, you know, I have the joy of the Lord in my heart, but if you have to dig a, like a mile deep mm-hmm. to find evidence of it, is that really joy? Yeah. I think that we should reflect at some point um, some of the happiness of, in who we are as Jesus. You know, there are going to be seasons where we do only have the joy of, mm-hmm. of the Lord and we're very unhappy. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I, in the book I explore several de- definitions of happiness, um, but one of my favorites, and I think the one that I will mention, mm-hmm. is this one, that happiness is an outward expression mm-hmm. of an inward joy mm-hmm. that is found in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, when we think that God wouldn't be delighted at our happiness, I just was reminded of um, when I was a little girl and my we would have an annual trip to uh, Kittyland, which was this small amusement park, but I would hear the music from the merry-go-round, and I literally could not stop smiling, and I couldn't walk. I had to skip. I was just so happy. And I think of how I watched my own children do that, and when I now see my granddaughter happy, there's nothing that makes me happier than watching them be happy. And since he is the perfect father, it's so funny that we've gotten that all mixed up, that there's something about happiness that wouldn't delight him, too. Right. And that's such a beautiful image, an image of of the skipping and the music. That is such a good picture of the outward expression of joy. And, you know, anybody, any living human being has the capacity for happiness, but shouldn't we, as the people of Jesus, have that much more reason, right, to have this happiness? And and not just to keep it for ourselves, but as a great motivator. I mean, happiness is a wonderful evangelism tool. Yeah. Grumpiness is not so much. You know, grumpy Christians make terrible advertisements yeah. for Jesus. I, you know, if I can just tell you a story, I was at a wedding on Saturday, and there was a woman, a uh, my one of my best friend's sisters, who is an I I don't know if she's an agnostic or an atheist. She's definitely not a believer, and she was telling me about this couple that she had met, and they were. She said that I don't know. They call themselves Christians, but they were the most rigid, stoic, unhappy people. She said there was just no joy about them at all. And I thought, well, there you go. There's what you're talking about, and what, a, how that should not be. You know, I'm not. I don't know what was going on in that couple's life or what they had gone through, so I'm not judging them. But I totally agree with you, Jennifer. And it's a convicting thing for me that I want, we want as Christians for our joyful demeanor to draw people to Jesus. You know, and uh, so this this happiness pursuit is serious and can be really fun work and um, I know it increases our capacity the more we practice it the more it increases our capacity for happiness so you know once you became convinced that happiness really was affirmed by God as something good tell us 
the other discoveries that you learned about personal happiness and and different people's way of uh, of um, increasing their own happiness? Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, I have um, happiness styles. Would this be a good place yeah. to talk about those happiness styles? Oh, yeah. Yes, please. Okay. Um, so I was doing um, my research on happiness, and um, I found that there were five main determinants of happiness, um, believing that your life has a purpose, um, having a sense of belonging, uh, finding happiness from the moments and experiences of life, mm -hmm. helping others to feel loved and cherished, and um, using the power of our minds to learn and plan and dream. And those just kept coming up over and over again in everything I was reading. And then out, so then out of those, I identified what I call the five happiness styles. The doers, they are the ones that find so much happiness in, in uh, doing their work and, and finding the purpose in their life and just doing it really well. Mm -hmm. um, the relators, those are the ones that, you know, just love their tribe of people. They have this sense of belonging. And then, of course, the experiencers are the ones that, that pull happiness from moments and experiences in life. And the givers, always looking for a way to help others feel loved and cherished. And then the thinkers, these people that just have these beautiful minds to to plan and learn and contemplate and daydream. And uh, quite honestly, all of us as people are a combination of all five of those types, which is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. But most of us have one kind of style that will rise to the top as our primary happiness style. And I believe that's because we were wired that way by God. Mm -hmm. And so that's why on a Saturday night, a relator like you is excited mm -hmm. about having a dinner party or going mm -hmm. to a dinner party and being with the people she loves. Mm -hmm. A thinker um, might be interested in that, but, you know, really, if she's honest, she kind of wouldn't mind just staying home and watching a documentary on TV, mm -hmm. and that would make her happy. Meanwhile, you've got the experiencers, and they just want to, like, hike through the park and watch the sun set mm -hmm. over the lake. And um, maybe the doer, like me, just wants to go outside and weed the garden. You know, we might actually think that sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the givers, you know, they might prefer to serve soup at the homeless shelter or, you know, be a part of a community service project or just do something small to make the others in their, uh, others, people in their life feel happy. So we're just all of these different styles, but we often have one that rises to the top inside of each of us. Well, does your book have an assessment? Is there a way for people to find out what their primary happiness style is? Yes, I did create an assessment, and it's available at the back of the book, and it's also available online. So if listeners went to thehappinessdare.com, and if they click on the yellow icon up at the top where it says happiness style assessment, it will take them right to the assessment. And that assessment only takes people five minutes tops to finish. And in that time, you'll be able to clearly identify your happiness style. And then you can come back to the book because the book really helps you understand your style, mm -hmm. understand um, what I call the red flags of your style, the areas mm -hmm. where you might be prone to fall out of your sweet spot of happiness. Like as a doer, uh, one of my red flags mm -hmm. is that I can be prone to being a workaholic mm -hmm. or a 
perfectionist. Um, and so I have to watch for those red flags in my own life. And all of us, no matter what our happiness style is, have certain challenges. And so the book helps also um, people to understand what those challenges are. Yeah. And so other than um, the obvious, you know, how to increase our own happiness and understanding of who we are and all of that, what are some of the other benefits that readers will receive when they read your book? I think something right away that people will experience is having permission, um, affirmation of who they are as a person. And, you know, a lot of us just feel weird or different because of how, what we want to do on a Saturday night or what makes us happy. I'll give you a, a prime example. When we first moved here to where we live now, um, I was trying to make some friends, and um, and there was a group of friends that I'd made that was they were really into scrapbooking, mm-hmm. and they invited me to a scrapbooking party, and they just thought this was such a great way to spend a Friday night, and so mm-hmm. I bought all this equipment, like three or four hundred dollars worth of scrapbooking equipment, and brought all these pictures, and they're happily happily cutting out their pictures and had beautiful handwriting and stickers and making their pages, and I'm, like, cutting off my children's heads in the pictures, fudging <laughs> the ink, and they're all, I'm looking around at them thinking, you know, this this was supposed to make me happy, but it's making me the opposite of happy, and it's because that's not, it's, it's, my happiness was not the same as theirs. It doesn't mean that I should never go to a scrapbooking party or never do something that the people that I love love to do that makes them happy, but it helps me and it helps other people who take this test to understand I am this way. It's just a very affirming point of the happiness style assessment. And furthermore, it helps you understand your family members' styles mm, so that yeah. you can relate to them and understand what makes them happy either, you know, on a regular day at home or, you know, on a vacation or something like that. Yeah, I have to say that when I read it, I actually think, and listeners, I I think you should pay attention to this, that I think it's a great book uh, to read with your husband or if you're engaged to read with them Uh, because I realized in reading it that one of the reasons why I conflict with my husband on vacation sometimes, you'd think that it would be wonderful because I work, you know, really hard here. And when I get on vacation, you'd think that I, and I get to be with my best friend because I just adore my husband. However, uh, I realized that, I realized why we have this conflict often on our vacations. And he is an experiencer and a thinker. And he can go all day long and just take in more, 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 more. And I am not that way. I, I'm a giver and I'm a relater. So... I'll want to process what I've learned with the person that I love. And I feel very isolated when he wants to do another museum. And um, and then he doesn't understand. Another interesting thing is he does not understand why I have such joy in um, giving. You know, why at Christmas, instead of having everybody bring stuff, that I like to do the whole thing. You know, And it just, you know, it was like, wow. Now I know. So it was just what you said, very affirming of like, okay, this is why I am the way I am. And this is the way reason why my husband is the way he is and uh, very helpful. So I totally affirm what you just said right, ha- right now, Jennifer, uh, very useful book for understanding ourselves and other people. 
That's uh, so wonderful. Yeah. Our family, too, to understand our happiness styles. Uh, we're going on a vacation next week, and mm-hmm. I'm already thinking about, you know, ways that um, I, as a doer, um, can create a vacation that, that we're all going to be happy with. And uh, that means give and take on everybody's part. Yeah, 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 that's right. It's not just like for us to say, hey, this is my happiness style, and it has to be met because, right, right. we do need to be, it, it's also to help us to be kind to one another. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So I only have a little bit more, but I just wanted to know, what do you think about using this book in uh, a book study, a book discussion group? Absolutely. Uh, we have a study guide in the back of the book with fun questions. I can just imagine a group of friends, you know, all doing that, that style together and coming and sharing about their different styles and maybe even predicting what style everyone is before they take the test. It could just be a lot of fun. I can, I can imagine coworkers uh, doing that study together to understand one another, even families, um, Bible studies. I, I, I just think that there's a lot of different kinds of groups that would really benefit from going through the discussion guide in the back of the book. You know, I, I just thought, I'm, uh, friends of mine, I'm celebrating a big birthday this year, and so my girlfriend said, why don't you, we, she invited me down, these two best friends, uh, to her lake home, and she said, why don't we read a book before we come? <laughs> so guess what we're going to read? <laughs> All right, I love it. Right. Yeah, no, really to understand each other and grow intimacy, and that's what we want. So um, when you've known friends for th- over 30 years, you just want to keep them and keep it growing and keep it fresh. So... Uh, Sounds like the words of a relator right there, Sharon. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't fake it. Um, <laughs> so I do want to know, how did this, I know that writing this book must have had a transformative effect on you. Can you tell us, um, just talk a little bit about that for you personally, how writing this really changed you and, and increased your own happiness? You know, um, people ask me that question a lot, and I often describe it as feeling like I swallowed a star. Oh. <laughs> that it makes you feel warm and bright on the inside. Oh, and I love it really that. has, yeah. It really has changed me. It, um, it's helped me to be more accepting of the life that I've been given, um, to help me find happiness in my own life instead mm-hmm. of wishing for happiness in someone mm-hmm. else's. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I have learned so much about, like, the durable value of happiness because I have had to wield happiness like a weapon. I've had some, our whole family has had some really hard times that Mm -hmm. we faced during the last year. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt like I gained tools that I didn't even know I needed (laughs) Mm -hmm. to fight for happiness on some really hard days um, during some things that were going on in our own immediate family and in our extended family. And and even beyond that, just to, like, wring the delight out of, out of the most ordinary days of life, um, it's, just, it's, it's just enriched my life in so many ways. I'm definitely changed by this dare. Well, that's good. It's not surprising because you, you spent so much time on it, but I also am a testimony that I just read it once, and it's, I feel like it's really uncovered so much. So I just want to thank you so much, Jennifer, and thanks for this time, too been my pleasure so fun to talk about this
Yeah. Well, there's going to be lots, lots more. So, listeners, uh, I do want you to know that you can find out more about Jennifer and the Happiness Deer by visiting her website, which is jenniferdukeslee.com. And you can pre-order the copy of The Happiness Deer now online, and it will be available in stores everywhere in August 2016. So we're looking forward to that, and uh, God bless you today, listeners, and God bless you too, Jennifer. Thanks so much. You're so welcome. Okay, bye-bye.